So what's new, guys? Just chilling. He had a great day in fantasy football today. I mean, Steelers really just good. had a really good game, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Steelers are actually playing right now, so. Yeah, I know. They're doing good because it's fucking Steelers time. <laughs> I don't need them. Just, I don't like them. Uh, according to Facebook, they're doing great. I don't know why you have Steelers fans on your Facebook. Yeah, I know. Fucking Pittsburgh. Remove them. Right? Those are the reasons Cardinals don't have a Super Bowl ring. Why the, oh, really? Yeah. When did, when did Phoenix go to the Super Bowl? Gosh, almost seven years ago? No way. I thought it was, I thought it was sooner than that. Oh, because it, it was last year Warner, Kurt Warner was with us. And we had like four, five years of drought, like trying to figure out quarterback. I guess it wasn't that long. but Because I feel like I lived pretty, here. It was still was pretty long. When did you first move here? 2012. Maybe it was 2010. So it might have been five. Four, five, six. Damn, I don't even know. Man, but those Seahawks, though. <laughs> Consistency. Uh, okay, cool. So are you ready? We are ready. Sweet. So usually uh, at this point, um, we go to you for you to tell us about your love life. So how are the ladies been treating you in law school? Good? Well, guys, my name is Dayton here. And... <laughs> Oh man, it's killing it. Get enough of them. Not better. I think you even got the living room laughing on that one. Okay, so with that, uh, what's up, everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com, and with me, as always, is my trusty cohort, my East Coast correspondent, and my head of R and D, Mr. Rico Wasman. What's going on, dude? I'm going to say that our new special guest is already casting a high shadow and a hairy one too. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you watching on the video, and if not, you'll be able to see it or hear it once this podcast goes up. Uh, Alfie, unfortunately, is not with us for today. He has to study. Um, and in his stead, we have the voice of the podcast, Bus. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I hope Satan doesn't hate me, or Alfie doesn't hate me too much for that one. This book is a little fun. <laughs> uh, he just called you a dildo. So uh, <laughs> so I believe we have Alfie watching and reading his torts. Uh, so this should be pretty exciting. And for those of you out there and Rico, just in case this sucks for you, um, if we start bursting into uncontrollable laughter, it's because Alfie is saying something stupid on Slack. Yeah, there you go. All right, so um, Bus, super excited to have you here. I know listeners have been really into you introducing and out doing the, the podcast, but um, it'll be nice to kind of hear your thoughts on a bunch of things and hearing you say something besides, you know, thank you for listening to Drop the Dice. Uh, and next week we'll have RC on here as well. And, and <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll fill in for, for Alfie. So let's go ahead and get started uh, with what we've been playing. So, Rico, let's start with you. Still playing some Pandemic Legacy with Lady Wasman. A lot of fun. We lost our first game, so I think we're 6-1 and one right now. It's impressive. Oh, that's really impressive. Yeah. But this is your second time through it. This is my second time through it, but we are also playing with different characters every time. Then you, are you playing with different character combinations than you did with your other group? It's like every game we pull in a new character, at least one. And then I know you said you're playing with two? Mm-hmm. So are you guys playing two characters each? Nope, just two. Yeah, see, that sounds really hard. It's actually easier. Is it? Yeah, I would think it would be a little, almost a little easier because you still have the same rotation of the, how the turns cycle through. Okay. But now it's just these two characters who you have the same powers. Like if you're the medic, that's the same power to be able to use every time. Or if you have the, the researcher, you have the one that's four. Now you're drawing two every time. You can add a uh, little easier. You don't have to find someone to trade you, with. You get way more turns in between each epidemic. Because you're not waiting for two other people to go through. That's what I was thinking. That makes so, sense, yeah. 
It's, it's, it's what you said. So um, the turn structure doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So you, the same amount of actions are still able to be had. It's just you have arguably, you have the same amount of chance to pull an epidemic, but it, it might feel not that way because you're, you're only playing the two instead of four. Yeah. With us, when we play, there's times where we're pulling an epidemic each round, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Or you're like, I'm, I'm going to head over to Asia and start doing this, but then 12 rounds have gone by and you've only started to start to do what you wanted mm -hmm. to do. So, Exactly. I feel like the, the, saying it that way makes it seem like you almost have an advantage, but I feel like there should still be some sort of balancing act in there. It's bal I, I, don't, I don't think there's a whole lot more to balance or, or that they add in, the game maker adds in to balance it, other than you have two extra powers that you could have relationships with and combo with. Okay. Other than that, it seems like lose your way through the game, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> because we breezed through the first four months. Like, I think we did three months in the first sitting. I was going to say, you can't, oh, like, getting through March is pretty easy. Yeah, I think we only lost January because, um, like, me and Zach and there, me and Z-Man had never played. And you drew an epidemic. The first yeah. Oh, yeah. Game. It was the first. Oh, game, that's the first. So you had, you had like you an epidemic. Outbreaks first. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Uh, anything else, or have you guys just been like going hard on that? Well, we played the gallerist, but I was going to talk about that in the main topic. So. No, oh, perfect. Um, all right, Bus, what have you been playing? Um, so. We've basically been playing the same game since I could come over here to play those games with you. But the biggest game that we've been playing, wait, wait, I wait. Enjoy. Have, have you not been like questing to get the uh, get the roomies in the into Genius board games? It is. I, really I heard. Cool. I heard one story. Are there any more? Yeah, wait, I, do you hear about code names? Was it code names? Well, that's the thing. I, I have actually been playing code names quite a bit with just not even just my roommates, but with my folks, my family, like their friends. All right. Um, so that's really good. That's all, but that's that's awesome, and that's a perfect game to get people excited Absolutely. about something besides categories, which I actually likes categories. Let's do some <laughs> shit, something like Monopoly. I'm never gonna say no to a game of sequence. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I well, and I can't even think of a stupid board game right now. Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, though, um, one of my roommates, though, um, he actually has Dominion, mm -hmm. and so I've never, I've actually never played Dominion, but. <laughs> From hearing, Alfie does not like Dominion really that much at all. Um, he hates it more. <laughs> and so, I don't like that. Your story, okay, so Rico's quick story about, about Dominion was uh, he played it once with his brother-in-law, and uh, immediately he was like, that's how I get points, is by that card over there? He's like, yeah. And then all you did was, like, you did two things, and then you just bought that card. Because you yeah. can just buy, you, you buy BP. Yeah. So he just kept buying BP, and he's like, isn't that how you win? I mean, why didn't, why didn't, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you guys buy BP? That's how you guys win. Which just seems like such a perfect Rico asshole moment. So it reminds me of kind of when I taught you guys to play Robinson, and it seemed like he wasn't trying to beat me or, or to get super far into the, the depth of where Dominion can go because its strengths lie in being able to combine so many different cards and so many different strategies before you play the game. So it seemed like to me... He just wanted to show me the game and didn't and just gave me the most basic of the cards. So they're like there wasn't gonna be a super complex strategy to it when we played. I don't know. So now I, I look at it in that light and, and it, I don't I'm not too sour on it. I understand what he was trying to do. And I'm like, okay. So I can see the potential. Now I know what the mechanics are like. And you know, if I play it again, that would be cool. And that's something I, I wouldn't mind trying to bust out Dominion and trying to learn it with him. 
about like him and my other roommate. Um, I'm not sure how many people you can actually play for Dominion, but I mean, I'll do two for everything and just kind of see where it goes with them and see if maybe they pique their interest a little bit more. Because Codenames is it's a good start, but it's it's definitely, in my opinion, more of a party game. Oh, it's, than, it's absolutely a party game. As much as it gets people like a little more exposed to something different. Yeah, these yeah. instead of just like charades or like or something like that. Yeah, man, I wish Ben's had like Sheriff of Nottingham. That'd be a fun. Part oh, that would be great. To start bringing them into some other like. But that's not like a bad choice. Like, like your dad loves that, and Twincess loves that too. Like, that's a great one. Have you played that? Sure, not yet. Yeah, yeah. Did you play with us? Yeah, um, I played. You played it with me a few times. I, played, I know I played with you a few times. All right, what just, else are you playing? Over. Uh, so the big game I really want to talk about that was Viceroy, which we like to call pyramids. <laughs> because we cannot remember life us remember what it was. We used to make a pyramid with these cards. What 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 does that. what does Viceroy mean? Like what's the significance of that title? Uh, I think it's basically because you're supposed to be a, like a ruler over a certain like area. Yeah, a Viceroy is some sort of nobleman. Um, one of those guys in Star Wars, they were called Viceroys. Viceroys of the Trade Federation. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I was either going to ask is A, is this in Star Wars or B? No, it's... If you are a nobleman, like, I, I guess I was just asking for what the what the theme is of this one. Because it's you're not building a pyramid, so what are you doing? No. Um, and so the idea is, like, you just kind of... That, that's the hard part about the theme is... I've been listening to think about it the entire time. I just knew, like, the cards were amazingly beautiful. Yeah, each, kind of each card is, like, a character on it, and, which is just, like, superbly drawn and, like... Great art, but so the, is it like splendor, just kind of a trading merchant kind of thing? I don't think so. Why don't you no. tell us what it's about? So the idea behind it is you start with your hand, and you want to. Is every turn you, I forget how many you get to play down. And you only um, you can play down as many. You can play on three max. Three max. But at the beginning of each turn, you all bid for these certain cards that are laid out. Four cards are laid out in the middle, and each you bid for these cards, and you have to bid. Depending on what the color of the card is, you have to bid that color gem. That color gem that you have. And the thing is, it's not a certain amount of gems that you have. It's just if you put the gem out. Yeah. So um, once, then, once you get it, then you can play the cards if you have gems to play them. And mm-hmm. all the cards have different costs, depending on which level of the pyramid you go into. Mm, and, okay. That's the biggest part. Yeah. And I don't, it's it's a that's pretty much it. Like the the cards, they don't exactly well. They kind of combo with each other because you can you can connect them a certain way. All of them have these like gems in the corner, and if you fulfill like a circle by matching all these cards, you'll get extra points at the end of the game. And as you're playing, you can draw other cards that will make you get points depending on other things on the board, and that's kind of how you do it. There's a bunch of different ways to to win in this game. Z-Man, there's these cards called Law Cards. And they basically let you do different powers, like oh, you can switch, you know, one card at the bottom with one card at the top of your pyramid, and or they let you put a bunch of gems on it. And if it, that card has all those gems at the end of the game, you get so many VP. I don't know. It was just I, I think it's a really cool game. But you and Z Man just like fell in love with it immediately. Yeah. I have a I have an interesting question, and this is definitely not to be a, to be a dick, but one of the guys out here in my group in Connecticut, he really dislikes this game to the point where he was like, I'll never play Viceroy again. Wow. Okay. Did he tell you Squall? I I feel like he was at the time so upset that he couldn't articulate or I, for whatever reason, maybe I just don't remember. I don't know. He doesn't really like the game. 
So I want to ask you as someone who loves the game and, and the very few games that I personally hate myself, I can tell you why. I can be like, mm-hmm. there is a reason. It's not just this made up arbitrary, yeah, I really hate that game. No, I, I have a reason. Whether it's founded or unfounded, I have something that I can pinpoint. Can you think of anything in this game that would cause somebody to really dislike it? And what is it about the game that makes you really love it? I'm really, I really don't know why someone would hate it so much. There's okay. There's, there's not like some mechanic or something that's like, I could see where somebody this, they could see, think that this is broken or they could think that this is imbalanced or they could just not, if it's, so, any, okay. if it's any kind of take that game, right. You could see, well, somebody just doesn't like take that. Cause they get their feelings. Right. There, is there anything that you could maybe. There's the slightest bit of take that in the game. Okay. It's, so small. it's just, it's really so small. And for the, like, for the most part, you end up using that ability at different points in the game to do different things other than take that, which only happens at the end. Okay. It's, it's, it's really so small. And, it, and I don't think in any, we've, I've played it twice, and in both games, it, it was inconsequential. If that aspect was taken out, it wouldn't have affected the final score. We, it, whoever won would have still won. Okay, so it's not... The only, thing, okay. the only thing I can think of is that it could feel abstract. And if you don't like abstraction then it's probably not for you. Okay. But to cause someone to like absolutely hate it. Yeah, exactly. I, but I there's, feel like there's you, people, you can... but you have people who, who love RPGs, who love American Trash, or who love Dungeon Crawlers, who aren't going to like something where you're literally, at the end of the game, you're just building, you're building a pyramid and there's aspects of cards. Like you're not building a kingdom. There's no like, even in something like Isle of Sky where you're laying tiles, it, you build this tableau and it looks really beautiful and you're connecting these things together. Mm-hmm. This pyramid, as gorgeous as it is by the end because of the art, it, it, it doesn't really matter if the archer is on top of the swordsman who's on top of the guy that has a sniper rifle for some reason. I feel that same way about Elysium and Splendor, where it's kind of abstracty. It doesn't really matter at the end what you've built. It, the, the colors and pictures are pretty. But I don't feel like that right there is a reason for somebody to... But that's literally the only thing despise. I can think of. And it's, okay. I was just wondering. I'm, and I think a yeah. lot of times with games like Viceroy that are, it's not a, it's not a filler per se, but it's not really like a heavy game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's like slightly under midweight. I think games like that, like Paperback, maybe Greed or, or Diamonds, or even like Noir, I feel games like that are hard to like despise. Yeah, exactly. I was I, I I thought that there had to be something about you know, the like, game that made somebody so decisive, but like it's it's relatively inoffensive. Like it's one, <laughs> it's, it's relatively short. Yeah, you know, it's probably forty five mm-hmm. minutes. It's simple enough that most people can get it. So I don't know why you would hate it. The length if, factor I've definitely talked about. If you don't like the game, knowing that it's short makes me makes it easier for me to go along with it because I know it's not going to last forever. Well, yeah, like I think Alfie Alfie's um, position on coup is really good. Like. He really hates that game as we get closer to the end of the year, but he constantly says like, "I'll play it because it's going to take it take us five minutes, and then we're over it and we'll go on to something else." I, I think that's kind of the same thing with this. Like, if, one, if you don't, if you hate it, just don't play it, then that's fine. But two, like, it's going to take you like forty five minutes, maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I think in, when I think about disappointments, I think about evolution. Mm-hmm. But it's a relatively quick game once you actually know the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if somebody really wants to play it, I would probably play it. Yeah. I, okay, cool. So, what is it about this game that you really love? For me, it was because I was just engaged the entire time. Because at no point are you really just like staring at your opponent and just waiting for him to do something. You're 
looking at what cards are out there, you're looking at your own pyramid, your own little tableau thing, and you're trying to figure out where's the best spot I can do with these cards in my hand. And the cards that are out there, they have four different levels, four different spots, four different abilities. At what spot in the pyramid can they be most effective? And, and so, so you, you could put one down at level one and still end up with other powers and other cards move cards up. And then when it moves up to another level, does that card now have a new ability? Uh, the cards themselves don't move up. You actually place new cards on top of them. So can you could you ever move an existing card, or is it like all? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you'd have to like Z-Man was. So Z-Man uh, ended up pulling all of these law cards, so we, we were able to see kind of the plethora of actions that you can take. One of his action cards let you kind of switch two things, and then they would reactivate, which is really cool. And that just shows like there's so many different win conditions that by the end of the game we all were going after something different. And we all kind of had similar scores, except for me, who I got so fucked by bus. In the tiny take that aspect, or what? <laughs> um, he literally, well, yeah, he, this wasn't what we were talking about. He found yeah. this one card that you were, what was it? You were so, able to steal all my magic? Yeah, I was, I was so nervous holding onto this card the entire game. <laughs> because I didn't, because, okay, so the card itself it says you can spend, I think you had to discard three coins, three gems of a single type. And you can switch. Oh, one on card, card without, and you take all the tokens that are on the card. Yeah, that's what it and was. So, and I can do it to anyone's tableau. It's not just mine, not just my pyramid. I can switch with anyone's. I was so nervous because, like, if I put this down and someone reads it and understands what my mindset was, I was <laughs> stealing from them. They're probably going to be a little more careful. They're going to be a little more shrewd with what they do. And so, I was nervous the entire time. Finally, I played it like third, second, the last turn or something like that. And it sat there, just waiting, but building up all my gems and just waiting, yeah. waiting, waiting. And I think he, like the way I had mine built up, I think he only took maybe either three or four of my tiles, which isn't a whole lot considering how big your pyramid is, but it literally crippled my points. I went from like That's 80 hilarious. to 20. <laughs> and, I, and then all the rest of them scored about 70 to 80 or so. And I was so far behind everyone. But the thing is, it's not something that just like, jumped out of nowhere and then blindsided him. Looking at the board, everything is out there in the open. Yeah. So it's not like like a Marachesh card where you just throw it out and boom. Oh, I pulled this card out of nowhere yeah. and you're fucked. I happen to pull like, the triple barrel shotgun and if I roll a one or higher, I get to kill you. But isn't it kind of like that? If you put that card out in the third to last round, Ben's what could you have really done with the last two moves or maybe three to counter that? I, I, if I would have, I mean, I didn't even know that card existed. But even if you did, even I could have done something different. I could have, I don't know. I, I'd have to look, look back through the game to figure out how I could have stopped it. I could have spread out my magic over different tiles. I'd, I wouldn't have to focus them so much on, on the same ones. I could have drafted different points. So I pulled a lot of magic um, multipliers, but I had them on the same tiles. I could have placed those on different tiles so that those three tiles wouldn't completely cripple me. No, I'd just been like so much more to try to get them. Yeah. Because it's not like it was a cheap card. It was expensive. It took me a lot of gems. I had to save up a lot to make my plan happen. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm going to talk about Argent. Uh, Argent the Consortium is a Euro from level 99. Level 99 did Noir and Battlecon, which we've talked about quite a bit, especially Noir. Alfie definitely brings that one up about once every two weeks or so. Argent is incredible. Okay, so the, the head of, you, you're at a college and the head of magic has died. You play some professor or some, some higher up in the college and you're trying to take over as the head of magic. And to do so, you need to garner votes. 
from different people in the consortium. And you know two of the factors of, of what they are, like to, to have the most supporters, to have the most influence. And the rest of the way you get votes is all hidden. And you need to play the game to, to figure out what those other people are looking for. Maybe they're looking for you know, the most blue magic abilities, or maybe they're looking for the most gold or the most mana or whatever it is. That fact alone, because that's a big stack of cards, will change the game every time. But then you add on to it, you build your college each game, and it kind of gives you a, a starting idea. And I think there's three buildings that you have to play with, but then you can change those room every time. And once you're done with that, you can flip the rooms over, and there's a B side. Not only that, but this is a worker placement game where the color of the workers that you have have different powers. You play the game once, and you learn what the four, is it four or five basic colors are and what their powers are. One, the red guy can shoot other people and put them in the hospital, and it's been a while, so I can't remember the, any of the other ones. But uh, the purple guys get to game, do fast actions, and then once you're done with that, you flip the mages over, and they have more powers. Exactly. Then They're, you have these huge stack of artifacts, you have a huge stack of spells, and you even have legendary spells, which I don't think we've ever pulled out. <laughs> It's just one of those games that is just infinitely versatile, not infinitely for all of you listeners out there. There's, I get it. You can do the math on it, but there's even expansions though for it too. Is there any expansions for it? Yeah. The, the Mansers of the University or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all you listeners out there, if uh, when we wanted to get Drop the Dice a Christmas present. All right. <laughs> I love this game. Send it directly to Connecticut and everyone will. Yeah, just send it to Connecticut. They'll know, they'll know who it's for. I love this game. Just all of those factors, like the and the way you place your workers, and the fact that each of them do kind of something different, and you always have to be aware of kind of what your other what your opponents have too. So there's for a euro, there's a ton of interaction. We were talking about it, me and Bus, before we got on here. Of we always had to kind of pay attention to Z-Man because he had all these red mages who would just zap you out of the spots, mm-hmm. which means you wanted to save you needed to save your green mages that were always protected for the really important spots. And then you had to decide, well, what's really important? And sometimes you need all of them to hit. Sometimes you need all of those mages to to land and to get all of all of the actions that you would get. Yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like I just keep going on and on about this game. It's It's gotta be in my top five for the year for sure. I'm excited for you to come, because I've been thinking about what games play five, because we're gonna have to start doing that for a couple weeks. Yeah, I hear that this game gets better it, it, it's just a linear line up it's worst at two it's best at full which i feel like the word worst d- doesn't do it justice because i had a lot of fun with just me and alfie i can still alfie's just one of like still <laughs> alfie's like one of like the best players to play games with though and he's he's just so supportive as like a partner when you're playing games and he's just such a great guy <laughs> and i i just can't imagine not having him there in the group <laughs> this is my swan song to you <laughs> um okay but no honestly like so with three you're right though with three it was really cool and then with four and five you get to add more rooms which means there's more actions to take and it mm-hmm. oh, just gets me so excited there's cool. still like there's a white mage that i've never even i've never even seen touch the board plus like you know that you're wizards and, and you can do all these cool things like you can cast spells it just really speaks to me i can't believe you're coming in like a couple uh, like what a week and a half mm-hmm uh, we'll just play above and below all night. Nice. Oh, you know what's funny? Totally it's actually, can we just have Mark start reading at the beginning of the Encounters book? Just read the whole, like, like a story. We'll curl up around you. And... You run into a golog. 
It gives you amethyst. <laughs> Do you just listen to that all the time before you go to bed, Vince? It's just like for <laughs> the most part. <laughs> what do you want to? What do you want to play? I want to play your games. I'm excited for you to play with me as much as you can while you're here. I'm going to play with you so much and it's, so often and so hard. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to you playing with me and my son. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm actually, I'm hoping, ideally. That you this, can play with my wife too? This Christmas. You've to play some games. This Christmas, I can play with your whole family. Simultaneously, if I have my true Christmas wish. I mean... As of marrying into this whole thing, mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. go on. Go the on. tradition is for my wife's family to play with all of your family at yes. the same time, and now I like to play with you guys too. Even like your little brother, who's like seven. Yeah, we're just all gonna play together. If that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I uh, keep that nice and nice and short. I don't know yeah, about I, sweet, but. Uh... Yeah. No. I no. I'm super excited for you to come and play. And this is just not coming out right. I am super excited for you to come and play with all, all my stuff. <laughs> Look, everybody who listens to the podcast knows how much we love you and how much it's going to be awesome for you to come here and play with. God damn it. <laughs> to, to arrive here, to get here. Yeah, right? And to come here. No, I totally get what you mean, man. It's, it's going to be super. <laughs> wow. You couldn't see uh... Just the climax of it all is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, Wait, you guys need help cleaning up afterwards. <laughs> it's Mark sometimes can we, always lend a hand. I, uh, sometimes we do it big and it's hard to put away. <laughs> so you know which, dude, Arjit. Okay, okay, some of you guys, you guys go now. Ar- Arjit is a fucking beast to put away, dude. It is. Like, it's tough to set up, but... I think it's because when you set it up, it's still like like it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock, and then you finish playing, and it's like twelve thirty or one, yeah. and you're kind of like, do I just want to go to bed? I can do this tomorrow. <laughs> it's why Keyflower is great at two a.m. Because you just throw it in a couple bags and you're done. Well, because what you put all the meeples in the one bag, right? And then you have um, what a baggie for each season. Yep. And that's it. And then the boats are in one baggie. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And speaking of seasons, seasons also pretty easy to put away. <laughs> It's got a really nice insert. All right. All right, great. Plus, what do you want to play? Uh, I kind of want to be play Ashes. You showed um, Z-Man and myself the box and all the pieces last week. I mean, it looks like a gorgeous game. All the pieces look great. I mean, even the box looks beautiful. That artwork and, is amazing. Did you go through the cards? No. Um, they were actually I think they're, all, they're all still sealed up and everything. So. Oh, man, the cards are amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's card games, which is my thing. I... Magic is the only game on my BGG that's ranked 10. And Ashes... Uh, it's not going to be Netrunner, <laughs> you know, these are... No matter how... Well, actually, Netrunner is pretty different, even though it is... It's designed by the same guy, right? Ultimate, like, but way back in the day? I have no idea. You know, card games, like, versus even Epic, these are all variations of the Magic um, ideal. So I'm excited to go through it. Plus, it's got dice! Dude, that, that, that's a really good pick. We can play that at four. That would be awesome. I've done it at two, but never at four. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Just looking at the wall right now, there are too many and not enough time to get through everything. Um, but at least we'll have a couple weeks this time and not like four hours. I mean, I thought it was long enough, but I mean, okay, it's never okay. good enough for you. 
It never is. Like we, I like I really want to get something like Dungeon Pets in something like insane. Cool. I'll be down for that. Right. Alfie keeps saying that Dungeon Pets hurts his head, but I, I I feel like Asgard and Madeira are way worse. Asgard, oh, Asgard is so so bad. But it's so good. Though. But it is so good. But, <laughs> that's, but it, okay. That that's like near the top of like we have to get this in because I feel like you're not going to get that in over there. Absolutely, I totally won't. So let's do it. Make sure um, make sure to get it in over here. Yeah, yeah. gotta get it in. It's the yeah. only place I can get it in. And yep. <laughs> And I thought this was bad when Alfie was on the podcast. It's the beard. Yeah, it is really tough. Um, God. Dude, you're the one that's going to edit this. I'm leaving all this in there. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a bunch of stuff that I want to play, and it's all kind of hopeful things, and it's all dependent on you. I really want to play. So, okay, there's a couple that I think for sure are going to happen. One, I want to play the Galleries. Glory to Rome. Really hoping you can get that one. I I don't think I'll be able to play Glory to Rome if you don't bring it. You know what I mean? I feel like if you start going to cons, you'll play it. Okay, yeah, fine, fine, fair enough. I, um, that to me seems like a game that someone is going to tote around to a con just to show that they have it. But the next one, I ultimately I'm going to have a chance at some point, supposedly this year, but I doubt it now. Fucking asshole, Martin Wallace. Which is uh, oh, study normal. So, like I said, those three, if you could get those, would be amazing. Obviously, any variation of that, or just yourself, is, is all I really need in my life. Those are what I really want to play. Galaris, Glory to Rome, and Study in Emerald. Just super, super cool games. The Galaris, obviously, like Vita Lacerda. All right, so let's get into what confuses you. All right, boss, I know this is what you've been waiting for. Right, so. <laughs> the, inaugural, <laughs> the inaugural what's been confusing you. There was a podcast you guys did. We guys talked about Forbidden Stars, and I got absolutely reamed in that podcast. By who? Oh, just by Vince and Alfie. Just kind of ragging on me a little bit. My decisions. Hold on. Um, if if you if you had to describe it, would you say that they? Would you say it was like one at a time, or would you say that they maybe double teamed you? There was a little double teaming going on at times, and and that confused me because I. I I know I made some bad decisions, but I didn't think it was that bad. So that's where my main confusion comes into is kind of listening to your guys' idea. Because we did talk about it after we played and a little bit you know, after that. But the, what I heard of the podcast was almost different. Not completely different, but there was a lot of different ideas that you brought to the podcast that you, you didn't talk about when we were talking about the game in person. Um, and my biggest thing was for your idea was you don't need to have conflict in that game. That was like your biggest point is, you know, uh, Alfie and Z-Man got into battle almost yeah, instantaneously. Yeah, yeah, immediately. And your idea was, why'd you do that? You don't need to. You can get all your objectives without having to even fight. But you don't, uh, you, the first two, you probably don't have to. But at some point, you have to fight. Like, the game is based around conflict at some point because but, they place the objectives in other people's territories. Definitely, definitely. And I, I think that's where finesse comes in. Because if you approach that game as a, I need to have the biggest army and be building it up from the beginning of the game, and I'm going to move this gigantic army around 
to be the biggest and the baddest and the meanest to win every conflict, I do think that you're playing the game wrong. I think the game's about right. finesse. It's about flying around, getting your objectives, building when you need to, and fighting only when you need to. That, that is a fair point. I don't think it's wrong, like a bad play mm -hmm. to necessarily have the idea, like maybe I can upgrade these units right here. Maybe not build a lot of units, but mm -hmm. th this is my last throwaway decision. I'll just have an upgrade. Maybe try to mix some, something up confuse someone they don't know what this tile is i'm playing mm -hmm. maybe it'll be an upgrade they think it's movement they think it's attack or something oh, upgrade another time that turn something like that I, I think that's a good point i i'm speaking from somebody who didn't win my game when i played i got, I got second the guy who won had the, the highest level of dudes that you could and these things were so powerful he he wrecked the guy who had, was controlling his last objective so you're absolutely right. You know, maybe maybe doing a couple upgrades to throw somebody off would have been really beneficial. Yeah, I mean, it's finesse. There, there, there's a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot. And this, when it comes to finesse, I made a lot of bad decisions the first two turns. First turn was because I didn't realize how movement worked. I literally did not move that turn. At like all. you didn't realize how the actions got resolved from. Yeah. Okay. And like where I should place the tiles in order to get. Place. So just so our just so our reader or sorry I'm said readers just so our listeners at home know in this game when you place your your tiles and and they dictate what actions you're going to do for that round you have to put them on top of each other and you resolve them going top down and I, and I do feel that no matter how well that gets explained to you that you don't truly get it mm, yeah like you know what I mean really instinctually. And I don't think that you truly get it until you do it. That after that first right. round, when you resolve it, then at least me, I, mean, I had a, I had a huge aha moment. And that was it was almost exactly the same for me, especially when it came to you. you um, each race has their own special ability, mm -hmm. and I was playing Eldar, completely glossed over my ability, oh. which is amazing. I mean, really good. What, what's their ability? And so their ability is you can transport, I think it's a, a, any type of, any amount of unit, as long as it's on a, one location, to another location, as long as you have at least one unit there. That's amazing. So you can create little teleports for yourself. Right. And so I don't need to have all my units masked up and then move them as a selective like group through right. all these tiles. And I can have them sitting at home base. Dang. And you don't need to yeah. build up multiple cities and multiple places so that you can build the higher level units. You could just... Right. Dang, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and I, again, I, I, that was my biggest flaw. Mm -hmm. Aside from the first turn movement thing, that was my second biggest thing, was I just, I didn't even use my ability. And, yeah, of course, as an Eldar player, you're going to lose if you don't use that ability. Yeah. So, but I completely love the Warhammer 40k universe. I've played it since I was in high school, the actual tabletop game. So, like, when this game hit the table, I was going to love it, regardless of when I lost or, but... That was my side. That's how I felt. And that's how bus sees it. <laughs> that's how bus drives the train. <laughs> so that was my confusion about oh, why why they attacked me so much. What I felt, I just made some small mistakes. Tell him, tell him we're gonna hang out and play games together. He says he wants to come play games with you. He says he wants to play flicking. He wants to play the Mexican game with you. I totally do. Oh, uh, which uh, bus just played the Mexican game for the mm. first time? Oh, nice. He did. Well, I've realized this because I have curved fingernails. So when you go to when you go to shoot, unless you're completely lined up, it's going to have an edge to it at some point. And I kept flicking it, and it'd go to the left every time. Hmm. And Zach keeps going straight because his 
freaking fingernails are flat. It's like a board. He just smacks that thing wherever he wants it to go. Yeah. He's genetically made to play to with play. <laughs> Yes. It's insane. Uh, son of a bitch. Even God is like, you will win all board games. <laughs> <laughs> From your fingertips to your... <laughs> wow. All right, so I have one quick question then about Forbidden Stars. Uh, Boss, would you probably put it in your top 10 for the year? Um, let's take a quick look at this list. I have more questions, though. There was more in that podcast, more shit being slung at Bus, and I want to I want to talk about that stuff before maybe this will influence or maybe not. I don't know. Um, but they said that your your love for Warhammer 40K. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to talk about. Actually, more than anything. So tell me well, because okay. I don't think I went too in depth on like. Well, this in the universe because like, you are kind of like mocking me a little bit about how I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, he's gonna be so angry. <laughs> well, okay, I wasn't that upset because I do that. I do do that. I, I do that with movies and books when it's like, oh, well, that wasn't. In the book. Like that. <laughs> well, no, 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 but like the, that was that was all in fun though. Like the, yeah, my point right. was that you you made a handful of comments while we were playing. Like that's slightly different in the in the miniatures game or okay. oh wait like that's how that's done that action whatever it's called that's not what it is in in this game what it for i don't remember the like i don't remember commenting on actions i i have to go back and listen to it to see exactly what it, what it says but like there were multiple times where you would reference like the the miniatures game and be like oh in the miniatures game we would do this instead and so i thought that oh for me, are you talking about like retreating and maybe like for me I, I felt that your head was there still because i know magic's a good example I, I talk about magic a lot sometimes if i'm playing another card game i'll i'll do actions in the order that magic has it which is wrong sometimes right you know like i, I think we all do like we all catch ourselves and well, I, that's how I kind of thought you were approaching forbidden stars a handful of times until especially you mentioned in the first two turns because after that you seem to get it like we all started to yeah it is um, it is damn near impossible to to not make those connections when you've played something, whatever it is, a bunch of times, I do this all the time in a game. I'm like, oh, this is like this, or this is like this. And and that's where I'm the butt of many jokes because I said a game is like something else and you guys, whatever. But well, even something like Arkham in Elder Sign, like the symbols are the same, but sometimes the symbols don't do the same thing. Like sometimes a shoe isn't a clue here, but it's a clue here. That's a that's a really good example. You know, stuff like that, and that was my. I, that's what actually what I thought you were just going to come on here and yell at me for. Well, I, I think that it's natural to to look at someone else who keeps making those connections, right? Who's like, well, this game is so much like this other game, and to think to yourself, well, maybe they're conflating the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not Which is exactly where my head is. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, I think so it was. I probably were just you or were you not? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I was. I just don't think I really understood the full mechanics and how to properly execute them. Which it's a complicated game. There's a lot of moving parts. Do Do you think that playing Warhammer helped you? No, you, uh, they're two. They're so different. Yeah, right. I, I was more just like I was more just in the same tree. Nice. It's safe. <laughs> so I'll be right that down. So thematically, all of the all of the races they have their own power, right? And you mm-hmm. seem to know that those actually races and was those powers. yeah. So the that actually kind of tickled me because they actually were pretty accurate. 
So, okay, let's go back to the top 10. Top 10. I'm going to talk the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a solid game. I just... That's the thing. You were, you, you, you're, you're so against playing it. You're like, oh, give me six months. Yeah, yeah. And I would, like, if you were like, next Saturday, we're going to play it. I'm so down. All right. So what confuses me is people's love for Pandemic Legacy. I, first off, just please keep listening and let me, <laughs> hear me out. Anybody no, out there? No, I'm, I know I'm going to stop listening. Of the 170 of you that are listening, probably at least 160 of you have voted this game to number one on BGG. It's number three on BGG of all time. Think about that for a second. It's been out for two months, maybe, three months. I And this isn't because it's a legacy game. I, I, I'm okay with the fact that you can arguably only play it once. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I think that's fine. I'm okay with that. I just don't think it's the number three game of all time. And in fact, I don't think it's anywhere near that. It's a great game. It's in my top 10 for 2015, but that's a huge feat. When Terra Mystica climbed its way up slowly to get there, there was a big deal. This thing did it in like a month and a half. It did. It did it. So I I don't think you love this as much as you did when you first played it. If you Mm -hmm. go back to um, some of the other podcasts, you literally say, top 10 of the year, this might be one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Do you still feel that way? Maybe not favorite. I, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. It's, See, it's tough. I, this, I, this I, I tough. Get, I'm wavering I get, so I get back and forth. The ambition that's on display here mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. they were able to do, mm-hmm. I don't. But for me, and we've talked about this bus with me, you, and Z-Man, who I think Z-Man likes it the least. Probably, yeah. Because you don't mind normal pandemic. It's not the worst game ever. It's not something I would choose to bring off the shelf. But if I have family or some people yeah. are playing it and that's what they really want to play, then yeah, sure, I'll play a game or two. That means usually pretty fast. So I think so, and this is what I, I think it is, is is we talked about it, is ultimately the game is still pandemic. It is, which it is funny because I agree with you and I want to make a whole bunch of points. As you guys were talking, like I was going off fireworks in my head about things I wanted to say. One is mm-hmm. it just recommended to family members in Oregon to get Pandemic or not Pandemic, uh, Forbidden Island. Yeah. Which is a great filler. It is, but but it was, it was a, a gift for her nephews who are ages seven and nine. I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. When and I played like with our this, team. By the way, listeners out there, you can see pictures of it. I, w- I was I was excited to give that as a gift, and then knowing that she's going to get pandemic after that, I still think that it has its place. And this and that right there is the reason for this entire confusion, Vince. It's the reason why you're confused about its meteoric rise. So, as a small sample example, let us think about our subscriber base. We have 170 people. You said 160 of them love Pandemic Legacy. How many games, let's just just speculate here, right? It's just pure hypothetical. How many games do you think that 160 people have? And this is why. You're like, well, why is this game at number three? I venture to guess that not as many people as us have 100 games, have 80 games have 50 games. Sure. Boss, how many games do you have? If you own a couple games and one of them was Pandemic Legacy, I, I, I think that's where this comes in, is that Pandemic Base 
has reached so many millions of people, such a wide base that pandemic legacy is, is not just appealing to that wider audience because people know pandemic, but it's so different and so innovative that it seems to me only natural that it would be rated so high by so many people because so it's, many. it's reaching people who don't have as many games as you and I, and it's so different enough that there's almost no way that they're not going to say this game is freaking amazing, which it still kind of is. I, I okay, I really like that point. Then, and then help, help me here. Um, okay. Why is Pandemic so much lower? Yes, forty-four. I think Pandemic Legacy has more hype. Agreed. And I think maybe, maybe I'm just like pure speculating here, but maybe the people who buy. Pandemic Legacy, it's one step further than regular Pandemic, so maybe those people are more likely to make a BGG account and rate said games because maybe? Does that, is that plausible? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, all right, I, I get what you're trying to say. Okay. It, it makes <laughs> sense. It just, it, it's, it's just really intense how much people love this game. It is. It is. And I think that uh, – let's talk about movies for one second. I don't really care for Titanic, but it's the second highest grossing movie of all time. Like that kind of thing. Anytime there's this widespread love for something and you don't share that, it's hard to understand it. So so are you if, – if we continue with that there, though – would grossing be the same thing as BGG rating? It, I can see how you might say that it is because if you want to go I with me, so I, let's go with IMDb. I then Shawshank Redemption is number one on IMDb. I don't think it should be number one at all. It's not in my top thirty. Exactly, and that's the same thing because if you have people who've seen ten movies and they're always rating Shawshank as a perfect ten because they've seen ten movies, mm -hmm. does right? Should that's a great, should, yeah, yeah, yeah. should their weight? be the same thing as someone who's seen a thousand movies. I don't know. And this, and the sheer fact that, that BGG says no, which is fine. Like, I don't think that they're wrong for that. It's just a different, it's just another way of doing it that pandemic legacy or Shawshank can rise to number one. Yeah. I think an interesting um, statistic would be, would it would be awesome to know how many of those votes does Pandemic Legacy have, and then and then to, to show how many games that they own or how many other things they have reviewed and things like that. I, I would be really interested. And yeah, and so my point actually kind of parallels that a little bit because I'm a, I might be speaking a little too much from personal experience, mm -hmm. but I didn't know about BBG until I started going back to game night. I didn't know about, like even the nights I did, I played Mage Night with you, things like that. I didn't know about BBG. I didn't know that you could rate things. I didn't know that there was a list. So people who only have like a small amount of games and they have enough pandemic legacy might not be on BBG giving this high rating. Yeah. So I can kind of I can I can definitely see like your point how there could be this huge match of people just pushing it and then at the opposite end, who's gonna make an account and then upload a positive review when they only have five games or four games. I, I was just thinking that maybe Pandemic Legacy to them is so crazy amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and no. I think I think that on that first podcast when I talk about it, right, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And I don't think I'm feeling the hype because I do think that that game still has a lot 
to it that's so we'll talk about it on another podcast right but yeah but for those people it, it could be that it's just so impactful so revolutionary that they take the time to rate it maybe in, i don't know in, in, and maybe, it's, maybe it's like, even if it's maybe even maybe it's even board gamers who know about bgg and I think games regularly, but they don't own a ton of games. And so when they rank that, it like they're yeah. just going to swing to that higher end of it. And I think that is a great point because it is revolutionary. And like I said before, it's hugely ambitious. And I think this is where it comes down to like it's maybe just a personal thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think something like Tragedy Looper is way more unique. And I got I got crickets everywhere. <laughs> Both of you guys have played this. It just it just take that takes a lot of thought for me because is it just too bold of a statement that you guys can't respond immediately? Well, I'm trying to think. Are you actually saying Treasure of the Bird should be number three on BBG? Or are you just yeah, saying? I'm saying I'm saying that that people who are like this game is so revolutionary, so it should be high up there. I think Tragedy Looper is more revolutionary than Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think ultimately, I just wanted to just put that out there. Like, I don't understand it. I probably won't because I don't have those same feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Trashy Looper, you're ridiculous because it's one of the most unique games ever made. But we'll end there with that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, I really hope anybody who's still listening out there is 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 um, hanging out because we're going to talk about mechanics and theme in a minute. Uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll see you here in just a few seconds. Welcome back. So today we're going to talk about mechanics and we're going to talk about theme and we're going to talk about specifically games that really excel at mechanics and games that really excel at theme. And in order to kind of make sure that it doesn't go on forever, we're going to keep the the conversation of each down to a minimum. So as much as we can mention a couple games, we're only going to be able to discuss one specifically each. So let's start with mechanics. Uh, First off, like for both of you guys, uh, are what do you think is more important, mechanics or theme, or are you of the mind that they both need to be there to make a great game? So I never, ever, with the exception of maybe a few times, seek out a game looking for a mechanic. Okay. I guess I guess now that I say that out loud, maybe I actually have, but I feel like it's weird to say, oh, I really want a game where I can do this, or I really want a bag builder, I really want a deck builder. And I guess maybe if you don't have a deck builder, you do want a deck builder. But who says, oh, I really want a this? I don't know. I, hold on, I disagree so much with what you're saying. Really? Okay. Yeah, but go ahead, keep going. I'll, I'll come no, on. I, I was just wondering. I was just wondering. I absolutely think. And again, we've talked about maybe people don't aren't into games as much as we are, which is weird considering we've only been doing this for a short while. Well, but if I if I see a review or if I watch a video and they mention something like alchemists, I wanted not because I got to make potions, but because that deduction mechanic, the 
the um, the screen that you had and how you put up the the two items and your little freaking checkoff board. I wanted it because of that. Yeah, that sounds you, awesome. But you weren't seeking you weren't seeking out games that had that in there. Okay, I guess they don't specifically do that. But when I see a mechanic I like, I go for it. Um, yeah, floating, yeah. floating market. Floating market, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I like the idea of worker placement, and then, oh, I'm going to add die, and we're going to throw the dice, so maybe my worker placement is shit. Freaking floating market. Which, he's playing two games of floating market, and hasn't received a single piece of fruit. Nope. <laughs> you know what the sucks, point of the game man. is? Guess yeah. what the point of the Get game fruit. is? Get fruit! Get fruit! <laughs> but I've been off by, like, so many times, it's like, I'm on 27, it's like, oh, 28. That sounds super frustrating, dude. Yeah. Which is the reason why I like that game. Because it is worker placement, but there's still this dice in there which can just fuck you over anytime. I feel like my bases are covered. So I'm not like running out to be like, well shit, I need a I need a deck builder. I need a Euro game. I need an Ameritrash game. No, I I have a bunch of games. So now I'm buying games or looking for games and being interested in games when that theme gets me, when that when that merging of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it comes together. So I guess if I could undo what I just said, I would take it back and say, once you have like a base, once, once you don't need to buy a Euro or blah, 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 blah. That's when for me, at least I was more interested in getting that harmonious joining together of the two things. I grew up playing just basic card games. Okay. Like cribbage, rummy, Things like that. Cool. And the, nothing there. It's yeah. strictly mechanics. <laughs> so for me, it's all mechanics. And, and is the theme kind of just solved the, on the on the? It, on the it is not. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely the processing and the filling of what can go into the cake because theme can make a, can definitely push a game way higher than the mechanics can lead it to be. I mean, I'm not saying things are bad, but it's definitely mechanics are what will make a fun game poor in my mind, even if it was a great thing. Right. I, I totally agree. You can have a game with bad theme and amazing mechanics and you'll still play the game. But if a game has amazing theme and zero mechanics, you're not going to play the game. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge distinction there. That's a great point, actually. I like that. I, I haven't thought of it that way. That's really... All right, so for me, and we, we've talked about this, is at first I just wanted theme. I wanted something crazy. I wanted Cthulhu or Star Wars, or I wanted to build a ranch or whatever it was. And then fucking Tragedy Looper came out, and I was like, wait a minute. I want something to blow my mind mechanically. And we've talked about the difference between our two collections is I love going after with the weirder games, something that's a little off kilter something that's a little different than everything else, and you get these amazing AAA games. Do, do you find that the games that, that you are inclined to and drawn to are more theme-based? Because I, you, you could, right? What's stopping you from going after the weird kilter mechanic games? I, but it just seems that you go after the weird ones that thematically. I, see, I think that I'm still there. I'm still going after... I, I still need that that base that started me into this. Mm-hmm. You started me with Legendary, which was the smartest thing you could ever do. That's right. I, I've read comics my whole life. Mm-hmm. I I think comics are, are one of the best things for kids to Cyclops read. Cyclops is the background for your phone. Yeah, Cyclops is the background for my phone. 
who is the best X-Men ever, by the way. And people give him a, a, a tough beat, but, yeah, but fuck you, he's, he's amazing. Like, you guys don't understand, he's the leader. <laughs> and he loves Professor X so much that he would kill him. That's what, okay, anyways. I still need a theme in there a little bit to at least draw me in, even if it's not present. And we'll get to, there's a game in my top 10, which has a really cool theme, but it's not really present once you start playing the game. But I still need that. I think I still need that theme to kind of to, to bring you in a little bit. Top 10 of the year, top 10 of all time. Top 10 of all time. So where does Keyflower stand? Uh, I, I Okay, maybe I have two on here that are, that are about to. But the one I'm going to talk about is... Uh, yeah, see? Yeah. Did, so real quick, did you think... Because I thought about Keyflower 2 as a game with maybe the best mechanics ever in a board game. Yep. I, I, I'm just saying yep to go along with this conversation, but I mean, they're, okay, maybe not best. They're, let's pretty, say, they're pretty damn good. Let's let's say one of the one of the most well designed games ever. Yes. If you really step back and think about theme, I don't I don't know if I feel it there as much as you do in Caverna or Agricola. No, it's it's pretty pasted. Sure. It doesn't matter. Exactly. All right. So so cool. I I, I I like where we're all coming from. Let's get into. Do you guys want to start with mechanics or theme? Go with theme. All right, so let's start with theme. What games do you think really excel at theme in kind of how how did you approach this topic? So, Bus, this kind of started with you, so let's let's start with you. Okay. I think one of the best themes I've played in a while is Above and Below. Cool. Because not so much like how it is bringing you to this certain world, but because of how it draws you into what is being read, what the story is. You can follow your character through this exploration, through this little quest that you're going on, and it really does draw you in. It gets me excited. I, I have all these options to do, and I really want to go on this exploration so I can read this story and kind of develop my characters <laughs> a little bit. And that's the thing. We had our villagers, yeah. and we were like, oh, well, this guy, like the way they look, the way the little portraits are, you know, I had a little family going on. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit old man out because he's got this exploration. Old man's going to kick some ass when he goes out there. <laughs> I, I thought it had some of the craziest themes. This is a game that blends both perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm. For me, Above and Below is it's my number one or number two for the year. Right now. There's still a handful that need to be played. Uh, and I actually can't wait to play this with you because I think playing it with you I think is going to be amazing. Especially if Bust just reads everything. <laughs> but he's right like it draws you in and I, I love the more I think about it the more I realize it's such a well designed game because it blends we've talked about this before you blend those storytelling elements so much but I did I totally forgot that like you have to go on those missions to get cave cards mm-hmm. cave cards are going to give you more resources that you can't get from the other cards if you don't go on missions you're not going to get cave cards which means you're not going to be able to buy this building which is the only way you're going to get amethyst you can't get that anywhere else. And it's the only way you're going to build up this track. So it's that balance is so incredible. And I can't remember the last time I've played a Euro that was like that outside of like Caverna or Keyflower. I was going to say though, because in Caverna, you can go on expeditions and ignore a lot of stuff. Because No, but Caverna is the type of game where you need to balance what you're doing okay. correctly. Okay. Not, I'm not talking about the expeditions part specifically in Caverna, but I think Caverna and Keyflower, you need to find that balance. Remember the first time we played Keyflower, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, is we, it's not like we didn't care for it, but we didn't get it. Something didn't click right. But we realized, oh, it's not about buying buildings or, or, or properties. 
it's about finding that balance of what do I really need and then what actions do I take in my own tableau. Yep. And that's when that game just, well, I, don't, I don't even know, just exploded within me like the most orgasmic thing you can imagine. <laughs> and or I think have, that- I have experienced, which I have. Sure. So above and below, <laughs> I, I completely agree. It has, its theme blends in so well and it's amazing. Rico, what do you got for theme? Those that that was really good. Uh, Thank you, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I have Imperial Assault. Nice. Okay. Which is the Descent two point five variant, I guess, or however you want to put it. And, and I do, I do want to say that before I start to talk about it, because I think that's that's important here. Because the theme is so good. It's Star Wars, and they do such a good job of having awesome flavor text, of having awesome abilities, of having so much stuff that just makes you so excited to play this awesome Star Wars game. But when I sat and thought about it, and there are a couple very key distinctions in the mechanics that make me like it more than Descent, but they're not mechanics that are related to feeling like Star Wars. They're just improvements on Descent. So the mechanics themselves are just Descent. This is just a fantasy flight dungeon crawler. There's nothing that brings you that distinction of feeling Star Warsy. And so when, when, when you told me this topic, that's how I took it. I, I, I took it as like, what games, which of their mechanics feel like what I'm doing? Are there, and are there any of them? So in Caverna, is anything that I'm doing, do I feel like this dwarf farmer? The answer is yes, but then the answer is no for many, 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 many other games. And in this one, I feel like it's so thematic and so thematically well done. But then when I thought about the mechanics, I was like, no, the mechanics are just Descent. And Descent is just a dungeon crawler, which is just really nothing, I guess, Ameritrash stuff. So... I love this game. I love to play this game because I feel like I'm in Star Wars, but when I'm doing the things that it's having me doing, I don't feel like I'm a Star Wars character. So Which, for me, this, this is one that hits every note on the thematic element, but on the mechanical one, it almost it almost gets in. It almost gets in with this pass, but then when I really think about it, I'm like, no, actually, you don't. It's it. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a really great job. No, I, 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 I got you because I, I have a couple of examples of, of games that I think actually do mechanics and theme mm -hmm. really well. Um, but I took it the same way. What games do I think have a great theme? But then once you think about what you're actually doing, you're not like, oh, okay, I don't really get that. Yeah, exactly. At no point do I do I feel like what I'm doing in that game is a Jedi or a whatever. It's... it's and I haven't, no, I'm just I'm just being a dungeon crawler. I'm just yeah. You're moving and rolling dice, right? Yep, yep. Just which kind of just being a stormtrooper, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, I love cool. to do it. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I, I talked. To, I put down um, Zombicide, Hot Rod Creeps, which is this racing game, which is super thematic. It's got all this cool board you set up. You can, but ultimately, all you end up doing is you're flipping cards. And your card has a number, and you do what that number is. It's a yeah. fun game because it, the art is so cool, and, and, and it pulls you in. But aside from that, that's it. Zombicide, uh, I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's incredible components. 
but I didn't think there was much to the game itself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. you move a guy, you roll some dice. And me, like, we just slaughtered everybody. Mm, yeah. The one I want to talk about, though, is Run, Fight, or Die, which is from Richard Lanius, who designed Arkham Horror. This is a zombie game where zombies advance on this track, and there's three spaces, and once they pass the three, you you take a hit. It's awesome. The artwork's really cool, and you can you can you can pull uh, people to follow you, and that's kind of the big point of the game is you want to attract all these followers. But if you step back, the game is Yahtzee, like like a lot of Richard Lanius games. <laughs> <laughs> like you throw some dice. Oh shit, that's not what I want. You throw them again. I'll keep two of those. You need to throw them one more time, and then that's it. And that's pretty much the game. It's a lot of fun because chucking dice is fun. And zombies are cool. Yeah, arguably. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's it. And, and it's if you think about it, it's a brilliant design because it's simple enough. RC loves this game. And he actually kicks my ass every time. It's a fun game, and zombies are attacking, and you kind of feel like you're being overrun by zombies. But again, chucking dice, it doesn't – something's missing there. Like, you're not exactly feeling like you're fighting zombies. You're not exactly getting that – that I don't know, that you, that you get from above and below, where you feel like you're building a city, and you're, the decisions you have – maybe that's it. Maybe it comes down to decisions. Above and below, you feel like you have to decide, do I build that building, do I go to an expedition, or do I go train new people? Those decisions, maybe those are what really makes it. Because in Run, Fight, or Die, you just kind of decide if you want to batter a gun. Zombies are a primal thing almost because we know at our core, right, that when it comes down to a zombie fight, you versus a zombie, if he bites you, you're going to die. Yeah. And I, I feel like that, you you lose that when you you roll dice it just doesn't feel that way that's why i like dead of winter and city of horror because it's it's less about the mechanics of you fighting these things that if they get close to you scratch you bite you whatever will kill you and you will cease to be a human but it becomes about the interaction between you and the other survivors and that's cool and maybe there maybe maybe there's a mechanic out there that will feel right when it when it show you know, a mechanic that 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 has you fighting zombies that feels right that 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 can do that that fear and that emotion that tension correctly but i haven't seen it yet and and that's why it seems to me that the games that are more focused on the tension between you and the humans are better yeah which agreed a dead winter is a great game and i love that that feeling of paranoia you get from that one mm-hmm. it's really cool I think Noir, I talked about it before. It was one of the few games I was like sweating thinking what Alfie was going to pick. You know, and it's not often a game can make me do that. I can get excited about a game, but I was worried and like shaking because I was like, fuck, like I'm so close to winning this. Yeah. And that feeling is amazing. For a game to do that is incredible. I won a game of Noir with Amanda up in. Oregon. It was uh, shit. I, I forget which of the two it is. I always forget because because they have the same. It's like inspector or chief thing and and um, there's the assassin murder. one. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was the one where I had to kill sixteen people to win. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the base one. That's that's. I yeah. killed sixteen people and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love more. Okay, but we could sit here talk about more forever. Okay, oh, you I mentioned can... mechanics. Let's get to mechanics. Cool. Where are you at, Rico? 
I wanted to talk about The Gallerist, which I've only played once, but it's really easy to see how amazing the theme is in this game. It's really easy. You open the game box. Before you even do that, the box is incredible. Actually, it's it's kind of one of the most awkward shaped boxes, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, so, uh, really, really, really quick, bus. He sh- oh, did you see it? it? He brought it to the airport. Uh, it's well, literally yeah. like this big. It's it's the biggest box I've ever seen. I don't know if you actually. I don't know if I actually saw it. You know, it's, really, it's, it's, really it's like if you imagine like like six gravy boats long, and like five gravy boats wide. It's it, huge. It doesn't fit on uh, any of my shelves. Standing up or vertically this way, I have to like lay it down flat in like a weird and it takes a ton of space. It doesn't fit anywhere, it's so big. But you it's, like, when you set this game up, the components, the theme are so beautifully done. It's it it just it's awesome to set up because it's so <laughs> so beautiful. Like there's no other way to put it. Like it has the same easels that a game called Pastiche does, and you put little pieces of art on it. And your meeple pawns, instead of just being meeples, are like two inches tall. And the graphic design work on this game is so well done. So thematically, it's a game where you are a gallery owner putting art into a gallery. And so everything is about art, and I think that they nailed that aspect. You can't have a game that is all about art and not have everything be beautiful. And they really, really knocked it out of the park. From the cards to the board to the pieces to the – everything is so sleek and so modern. And it's one of the few games where the Stone Mayor approach of Death of the Wooden Cube, I look at it and go, you know what? It's minimalistic, which – feels to me what a 21st century artist would want and do because it's sleek and that feels right to me. I, I think that, I think that they nailed it, even though there are wooden cubes in the game, that to me feels like what an artist would want to do. That's easy to see in this game. When you play it though, the mechanics I think did start, to, did come through and, and are equally as impressive as that theme is. And I guess I have to go. It's it's for those of you who don't know. It's a it's a Vital Lacerda game. He made Kanban. He made CO two. His games are really complicated, and I don't want to like I don't want to say bore you, but but try and explain how this game is played because it's really freaking complicated. It took me it took me almost thirty minutes to explain this game, and I and I. And I knew the game well. I had done it once solo, and I was like, you know, you I knew the game well. Yeah, I did it once solo. I had pl- I had read the rule book a couple times, so maybe it was thirty minutes with setup, but it was thirty minutes. Yeah, so that doesn't seem that bad. I I, I feel like I took quite a bit to explain Argent, and I had played that before. Yeah, and I, I think that I've explained games in 30 minutes or about that same time frame, but I was just talking, like, <laughs> no interruptions, Yeah, just talking. Not that you don't dig around that we do. Exactly, for about for <laughs> almost we do? 30 minutes. Especially with Zeman here, there's a lot of dildos. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them, uh, depending on the length of Mark's. Dick at the time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So I, I definitely don't want to like explain the rules to you, but 
you in a sense uh, go and you're buying pieces of art and you're putting them into your gallery, then you have an ability to promote the artist from which you bought said piece of art. And then later on in the game, you can sell your piece of art on the international market. And you're doing all of this. It's kind of like this, this weird back and forth, but almost circle to get a lot of money. And so it seems almost counterintuitive when you're explaining these rules of, of how you want to get this money and how you're trying to build your artist up to more fame to do this circle. Most games, it's like you buy this, it does this, it builds, and you do this. In the gallerist, it's this here to back to over to back to then circle. It's 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 very strange and, and counterintuitive, but the theme works, I think. I think that the mechanics and the theme really work. You have tickets where you can move people in. Every time that you sell a work of art, somebody that's in your gallery has to leave because they bought your piece of art. So now they're leaving. Nice. And, and I, I guess I don't have like a ton of examples because there's so many rules, but but they yeah, work yeah. and they make a lot of sense. And I think just, it all sounds so cool and as much as I really want to play Kanban, like I, I, I'd be, I'd be remiss to say that I wasn't like a douchebag who loved going to museums and want, looking at modern art. And <laughs> this just bad. sounds so amazing. Like the easels alone look so ridiculously cool. And to put little tiny ass pieces of art on those easels, that just sounds so incredible and so hipster and just <laughs> ridiculous. Yep. The, the bonus tiles that your artists give you, the reputation tiles that they give you. And and I asked Lady Wasman about this and I, I, I asked her, she was making dinner. I said, do the mechanics of the gallerist match the theme of the gallerist? Do you think that they're one-on-one -on -one and par? And she said no. And she had a couple really good points, but I think that they were very focused in because she, you, you, you can do something called an executive action before or after every single one of your turns where you take these tickets that you can collect and bring in meeples from the middle plaza into your gallery. And she said, well, you can do that even if you don't have art hanging in your gallery. And I said, well, I think that this is a board game that's too, that's kind of focused in on you having a gallery and you can only hang four things in your gallery, but that doesn't mean you only have four works of art. It just means that it's only showing these four works of art yeah it can break down if you really start to like it's, get laser again, focused it sounds a bit nitpicky. it does it does but 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 it's also the most complicated game that i've ever played it has the most rules it you know what i mean like it it goes stop 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 then more than mage night okay not more than mage night damn you're right okay. no you're absolutely right okay besides, besides mage night Besides Mage Knight, and I'm, I'm just going to go with Mage Knight. Um, <laughs> of any Euro that I've ever played, it has the most going on, the most rules, the most little subtleties. So I could see why why she was going down to that level for the theme. Sure. But at the same time, I don't think it's supposed to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if you don't, I think that the theme and the mechanics really match up, and it's... It's top notch. I've never played anything like it. I guess Kanban, but but I had some issues with the theme and and the rules. So okay, so um, <clears throat> before we get to bus, real quick, the easels. 
what purpose are they? Or is that what you're showing? So the easels have to do with how many people are playing the game. So if you're playing a four player game, you put three easels out and then you take one of each of the types of art, you shuffle them up and then you draw those three if you're playing a four player game. And at the end of the game, depending on the majorities in the international market. Of course, <laughs> why not? I'm already laughing as I'm explaining this because it's like the answer is so complicated. Then you can decide which of those works of art to take as an addition. So they're in a sense just a bonus. Oh, okay. They're just they're just bonus works of art. And you, you don't actively engage with the easels throughout the game? You do not. They're just something that you get at the very end of the game, and they really only act on the two starting cards that you get that kind of give you a game end bonus. Hmm. Okay. It's still really cool. It's one of the coolest mechanics or coolest components I've ever seen. It's pretty awesome. All right. Gallerous, anything else? Or are you good? I, it, it sounds what, like. What do you like, mean, anything else? I just talked about. I, mean, I know, I know, I know. Like, it, that's my point. Like, I, like, do you need to wrap that up? Because it sounds amazing so far. I, I think, I think I did a bad job because when I say that, I just mean that that so many times in, when I was playing that game, this little tiny rule, this little tiny. Well, you have to do that. Feels weird, sounds weird, but then when I thought about it, it, was like, actually, no, I get it, I get it. That makes sense for what I'm trying to do. And no, I, like, I like what you said. I like the idea not that a lot of games that do that. I feel like I like your argument for the wooden cubes. I think that's really cool because I agree. Like a minimalist modern artist would want wooden cubes. They wouldn't want exactly. gorgeous looking gold that's going to come in August next year. Yeah, exactly. Bus mechanics. All right, so mechanics. This is a game that we kind of, I think, disagree upon. And this is the first game I thought of okay. when we were talking about the mechanics was Brewcrafters. Because you have talked about how when you play Brewcrafters, you feel like you are making this this beer. You you are the one and this brewery, and you are just the head craftsman. I felt none of that when I was playing that game. And I'm so <laughs> for me, it was strictly... No, you're not. I am. I'm, Shut up. <laughs> And the more I think about it afterwards, I can like the the theme that was there obviously did not hinder it at all. Yeah. And the next time I play it, I will have more of a feel for it, for the mechanics and an idea of how to play it, and maybe what to do and what to go for. Maybe I can let the theme pull me in a bit more. But yeah, I the theme did nothing for me. It was pure mechanics that made that game a good game. But you enjoyed the mechanics. Like what? A, I don't even know how to start this one. I feel like that, that idea of like you need to just everything you do in that game just makes so much sense for owning a brewery. Of course, I know so much about owning my own brewery. <laughs> that idea of oh, like you need to you need to harvest these these items in these different seasons. You can plant here and get it in fall. I like the idea of of going to the market to get like special ingredients like coffee and spice. I like the idea of recruiting the specialists. Mm -hmm. That all makes sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like. I think that if you played this game with a different theme, us, you would be grossly disappointed. That's fair. Okay, why? 
because I don't think that the mechanics are that interesting. They, they because seem, it's pretty basic worker placement. It's basic worker placement, and it's basic what you're getting from those actions. Like you're getting just like go small, here, get a resource. Go here, get money. And it's and it's and it's small. You're getting a couple and a couple and a couple, and you just put a couple together to make one recipe. And I feel it's like it's very basic. So if you liked the mechanics of this game, boss, I, I, I feel like it has to do with the theme because you've played enough Euro games that if we were to put a different theme on Brewcrafters, I don't think you would like it because then I think you would really see that, wow, this is just a Euro, a simple Euro game, like like with nothing too crazy or special going on in the background, at least I think my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and so at least some part of you was like, I'm, I am doing this beer thing and that's cool and I like that. And maybe that's why you did like it. Maybe there were some other things you didn't like in it, but I, I feel like if now you're saying that you did like it, it's because of that, not because of the Euro actions or what you were doing in the game. I, I feel like the game excels in its limitations. I do too. You have two workers, which will never change. It de- oh, in, in, in the first phase, yes. Yeah, in the first phase. So you can go out and you can you can get... Roughly two ingredients, maybe, <laughs> and then you can you have the brew reaction, which I feel is obviously that's where the theme comes in. I think a little bit more. The that that balance of building your brewery up is super cool, and I don't know if I played a euro that I felt has that where you can oh I can choose to build my mash ton and then I'm going to build a bunch of porters or I'm going to build my hops and I'm going to make all these loggers. Well, and and Ben's, and that's exactly why when I play that game. I could push my cubes up those four research tracks, or yeah. I could build something badass that actually has a tile and a picture and a cool yeah. fitting for my brewery. And ask me what I do 10 out of 10 times, I built something cool for my brewery. I don't push the things up my research track. I never have because one of those things is more thematic and that's more fun to do. And that's what I do. Yeah, that was the opposite. I would- was definitely pushing things up on the research track. That's crazy. Because for me, like it wasn't, I, I do like, so when you're talking about it's very basic, simple worker placement, obviously true, but you still have to keep engaged onto what other people have, what other people are going for, what you have, how your brewery is, how their brewery is set up. So it is very simple. I'm placing this because I want this, but you, it engages you so much more. I, I've, I have not played the big ones that you've talked about, Caverna, Grigola, have not played those ones. Okay, so, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Kifar, I haven't played any of those. Wait, you haven't played Kifar? I haven't played Kifar. Oh. So I hey, played... Hey, so hey, I played hey, hey, bus, 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 come, come, come the 17th, you will, my friend. And so that's the thing. I've played very basic worker placement games. This is obviously a step above those. Not sure how it pairs up against the, the other ones. So that's why, for me, the theme... And I can see your point as to why if, if it was just a blank slate and it was just moving things around, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point because I think if I played it now, the theme would probably pull out to me a little bit more and I could enjoy it. Because like, my first point, I was just trying to grasp my mind of what I was doing, what I was placing, what was the most efficient thing to do. And so by the end of it, I might have been able to kind of see that. No, I mean, the second time you pull out is always the best. Yeah. That, <laughs> so was, I, the I, point, that was the point I really wanted to make is, is that... Mm-hmm. 
if you played it again and there was no beer, it was just like red, blue, green, just colors. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'd have a lasting impression on you. I feel like I can see where you're coming from because the mechanics are really impressive. I, like I said, that limitation is really interesting because it, it's probably more limiting than Agricola. You can't get you know, Agricola. You can get more workers. You can't in this one. You, well, yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's that part's no, no, not, no. that part's not fun. Yeah, what's I, I, fun I, I, is, is is that I can buy a piece of cardboard that has a tasting room on it, and I'm like, hell yeah, I agree with that, but I disagree. I think the fact that you have those two workers is super cool. Like, it's a it's a rough game, and you only have so many turns to to do it. When you, I think, when you win Brewcrafters, you feel really accomplished, or, yeah, or to have but to I have feel, a decent score, like that's I feel really, really cool. accomplished because I had cool things in my brewery that let me do stuff, not because I just played a game that had two workers in it. That's never or never will be something I think about that game. I, I think it's a tough game. Like it's really limiting to what you can do. <laughs> Did you never buy other workers? Like well, it? I mean, for the the first phase. Oh, first phase yeah. Um, and, and to be fair, I've only bought the second worker for your brewery once. <laughs> what I do go after is the coffee specialist every time. You do, and that's probably <laughs> the best card in the game. <laughs> All right, so uh, brewcrafters, uh, which I, I I showed Alfie my my top ten for the year so far, and he was incredible. Like, what's the word? He was shocked that it probably was falling out of my top five. Okay. It was my number one when we did our first first half of 2015. Which is crazy to me. Dude, it's been a crazy back half, though, man. Oh, it's crazy to me that it was ever your number one. Oh, shut up. I'm serious. Okay. I like that game, man. It's a, <laughs> I know you... it's a solid thematic game, and I feel like that's where it ends. And that Not according to Bust. All right, so I'm going to talk about mechanics. Um, we mentioned Keyflower, which I think is one of the best mechanically designed games ever. And I don't know if the theme exactly comes through on that one, but the one we're going to discuss is Seasons. Seasons is in my top 10 of all time. And when I when we recorded the, the part where we discussed our top 10, I mentioned that it, it was surprising that it made it in there. But the more I thought about it, the more I think it should be in there. Having played it maybe two or three times since then, this is absolutely one of the 10 best games I've ever played. It is so cool. That's awesome. And I think if you ask the majority of people out there who have played Seasons, none of them can tell you technically what the theme of that game is. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing in that game? So the, 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 the actual theme of the game is you all are wizards. Did you, have to, did you have to look this up? I knew this because I, I own the game. I no, read the book. I don't give a crap, man. Did you open the rule book before this podcast? No, no, no. Really? No, I'm serious. I have a pretty good memory. I, I know what I know what the, I know, always knew what the theme was. Oh, okay. All right. I'm... Okay. Whenever you explain rules, you do kind of like give a base theme for games. I think you did when you explained it to to me, but I just was focused on like the game. I just didn't need. Especially after we did after we did our podcast on rules, I like actively think now about when I'm explaining the game. Those dice are big and distracting. I mean, I'm with you. That's it. So Seasons is incredible mechanically in the game. If you guys want to know the theme, you're all wizards in a yearly competition. And you're trying to get as many crystals as possible. That's the game. And you get 
crystals by doing any number of things, by transmuting resources or by gaining cards and, and, and uh, followers. I'm so less impressed that you only had to memorize a sentence. I'm, I mean, it's not your fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think if you, when you play the game, though, the game itself is so impressive. You roll a set of dice, and then you all draft them, and the dice all have different actions that you can take. And then from that, you have a hand of cards, and you can play all these different cards that do literally a million different things. And the cards, much like Cosmic Encounter, the cards all break the game. They let you, they let you pull an extra resource every time somebody does the simplest of actions. Um, the last time we played was incredible. We played multiple cards that put other cards into the middle of the playing area, which I've never seen. And you could that was another hand. Everybody could play from this middle area. I've never seen that. This game, you could play it over and over again, and it'll always be different because the cards always change because the dice will always change love this game i don't think the theme exactly comes through it has gorgeous art it's mm. by uh libelud libelud i don't know how to just uh say it but it's the same company that did the release of mysterium for america oh nice very cool it, it's 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 a gorgeous game and the art helps a lot because it may you know and everybody likes good art like it just helps it does it does i i think it has a weird magic feel to it, but when you really think about it, you're not attacking anyone. No. There's a handful of cards that'll dick other people over, but they're pretty far and few in between. Maybe the, the biggest thing was <laughs> Bus had a card that would let him re-roll the end die. So let's say the die at the end was going to advance the season track too far, mm -hmm. and he, he didn't want to go to winter yet. He would always re-roll it. And then sometimes, because he was drunk, he would just re-roll it just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he probably wasn't because that would be irresponsible. Obviously. Well, well it was a, it was a, a Z-Man night to drive home. We coordinate. They actually do. They coordinate every week. Uh, one switches off. One drives awesome. home. And one, isn't it? It's really impressive. We're yeah, here at Chop the Dice. We care about responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's seasons. And again, playing it recently, this is just one of the best games I've ever played. It absolutely belongs in my top 10 of all time. It's so much fun, and it's so cool, and it's because it's because the mechanics are so interesting. And the expansion that you got me, we started playing. We finally played with the powers. That just it, it it's so little, but it adds so much because you're like, oh, do I do I flip it? And he had one where if he used his power, he would lose nine points at the end of the game. And he was like, do I really do that? Is it worth it? And that that struggle is super cool. Did you do it? Yeah, he did. We all did. <laughs> you know what's funny is one night we played and we were so gone, I think we all scored under 100. <laughs> it was rough. It was, yeah. it was, we're at the point where we were like, what, what do I do? I'm going to change it. I'm, just go ahead. You're good. Oh, that's so it was funny. It was bad. I remember like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's Seasons. Love it. That's, that's Anyways, exactly. that's Seasons. Anyways, that's Seasons. <laughs> No, that's seasons. That's my example. I think that's such a good example of incredible mechanics, vastly outweighing its theme. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So, um, if you want to talk about like mechanics and theme kind of marrying together, do you guys have any examples of that? I know you're you kind of took it as that way with the gallerist, and it kind of seems like you're you're there with that game. Yeah, that that was my example for that. You know, I really thought of something like I think Dungeon Pets does it really well. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think Dungeon 
Yeah. I think Dungeon Pets, the way you, you have to decide how many workers you want to send out, but then you need to keep some back to take care of the pets there. That alone is super cool. Because mm-hmm. if you don't take care of the pets that you own, they'll, they'll do a million different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, just oh, you gotta get the caves, and then you gotta get the pet. All that, all that makes sense. And you, you see the customers coming to buy those. I think it's a really good example. I think Steamworks does it really well. Steamworks, I, I, I like mm-hmm. the, I, I like the idea of like you gotta build these machines, and then you gotta use the machines. You need to build machines that you want to use to then do other things. I like, I think that works out really well. The whole building machines thing. Right, I, I should have ended with Dungeon Pets because that's yeah, a great yeah, <laughs> how, how is that, that? That's not any different than Keyflower, right? Because you're buying buildings that you can then use. Like it's the same thing. And and uh, other people can use them. It's the same thing. All right, all right. Like I probably should have ended with Dungeon Pets because that's a great example. <laughs> Dungeon Pets, that's great. It is really good. Okay, what about, okay, so let me throw a couple out here. What about Alchemists? You play this. No? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, I I, I, th- I think the you know you can gather. I'm, I'm gonna materials. say no. I'm gonna say okay. no and a firm no. Okay, okay. So we'll move on. Last well. No. Oh fuck you then. All right. Next time I'm not gonna start with the best one. <laughs> no, your your best one was awesome, dude. I love. No, it. no, it is. It is. I know. Like, and it, it's it's hard not to put last well because last well's theme is really good. Yeah. And and that's why I like that game. I own and have played more mechanically sound games, but I played Last Will within the last month. Yeah. I play it a lot. I like that game, but no. All right, all right. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. Dungeon Pets, great, great marriage of mechanics and thing, which we've actually discussed. Yeah. Vlada Shavato, who designed the game, who designed code names. Mm-hmm. And Mage Knight, he—he's one of the best designers out there, and he really knows how to marry the two together in in incredible ways. Even down to the rule book. Mm-hmm. Code names—I don't remember code names really was as witty as the other ones. I'm sure it was, but even like Bunny Bunny Moose Moose Dungeon Pets, those rule books are really clever. No, code names is pretty matter of fact, right? That's what I was thinking. Like Dungeon Pets, the rule book—it—it's just—it's so tongue in cheek. It's so clever. It's so funny. All right, uh, that's about all I got. Rico, anything else? I, I I think for great mechanics and no theme, it was really hard for me not to just write the word like Steffenfeld or nice. or Eurogame. Yeah, I mean it's I think it's beside it. It's and, with, and what's really what's really funny is the one that I narrowed down on and wrote down. I wrote this name down, and then I put a question mark next to it. But I'm going to put it up on the screen because I think it's really funny now. I, I can't. Oh, okay. Nice. That's funny. It is funny. So this is Through the Ages, which is a Vlada Chavato game, which we just have now said that he was the best at marrying theme mechanics. I told you, though, that I did feel like through the ages that I was doing all that, that I was building the civilization. And maybe that was because it's such a complicated game that you feel like you're building the whole world because of that. But agreed, if you step back, you're moving pillars, little tiny, they're not even cubes, they're these weird pillars from one hole to another hole. Exactly, and that, and that's 
that is exactly the lens that I came from when I wrote that name on here, because you do, you, you, you move up ages, you get more powerful car cards and those cards say more recent things on them. So that makes you feel like you are advancing what you have in front of you from a more ancient time to a more modern time. And that's cool. But when I thought about what I was doing, moving my orange my orange cubes that are people and my blue cubes, which are going to either be wood or either be stone, which I think is, right, Th those actions. And then especially the, the thought of having Aristotle ruling over the Iron Age or... Neop Napoleon? Yeah, Napoleon ruling over, you know, military jets or something like that. Those two things are so disingenuous. I feel like the theme misses out with, okay. with what I'm doing. And I can't think of a better way to, to have something in front of me go from 2,000 years to the modern age. And that's fine. Maybe there'll never be something. Ne there'll never be a game where I can think of those mechanics, right? Yeah, being exactly what we're talking about right now, but through the ages to me definitely felt like a very me mechanically sound game with the theme that tried really hard and didn't didn't work. And I love this game, and I think it's probably like one of my like it's in my top five of all time. Wow, no, I, I love this game too. Uh, I, I think that's pretty good because this it is an absurdly complicated game, which probably if you thought about it doesn't really connect. Yeah. And that's really hard because this is trying to be a direct implementation of Civilization, the computer game, which can can so much more fluidly transfer, right, from one age to another age. And, and before you know it, that I, I just feel like it's more fluid. And this one, it's like I pull a new card and it goes over this leader or this thing and it just it just feels more bro yes there you go good deal uh okay do you have anything else i think we... uh, i think we covered a pretty much a pretty solid base yeah we got went through quite a bit there um do you have anything else i know you have you always have a ton of ideas no that's it for me all right i, I think i covered everything i want to talk about you shot me down on Alchemists, Steamworks, and Lassowell. So, oh, <laughs> those are my. No, it's fine. That's fine. So I'll just, I'll just cry in bed tonight. It's okay. No, cool. no, no. I don't want you to cry in bed. No, I don't. Now I'm curious if you had like stuff written for them. I want to hear it. I, do you write stuff? I always just kind of put them down and get ready to talk about them. Yeah, but you wrote it down because you had something to say about it. You know. I mean, it's more. <laughs> <laughs> give, 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 give me your give me your five minute all all three of those games pitch. So let's go through it really quick. So uh, Alchemist I think exceeds because it feels like you do have to gather things and then test them, which is such a key mechanic in the game. And I distinctly feel that that I'm doing that as 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 an alchemist in that game. That I don't know what the, the 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 makeup the the universal makeup of of wormwood or frogs are in that in order to find that out i have to do these tests and that is a pretty base mechanic in the game i think it excels at that really well to the point where then you have to publish these theories which 
are awesome because you can't publish a theory unless you know it for sure. Although you can, but then somebody can debunk you. I think all that works really well together. Uh, for Last Will, I think that the game is about losing all these money, and I like the idea that you can just hire your best friends and you can hire all these people and you can take your wife and your horse on a boat. And all that stuff is so silly, and I think that the game revels in that. And I, I think the times that I've played it, we always end up laughing at the situations that we encounter because it is ridiculous. And the point of the game is to be as absurd as possible. To Absolutely. And I'm going to hit pause on my timer there and say that that theme is out of control. But those mechanics are definitely not up to part of that. Like, at what point do you feel like what you are doing is taking a mistress and a horse on a yacht? Can, I can agree with that, that it is just card play, but what about the idea of like upkeep on your on your buildings and your real estate? It doesn't matter. Even if that is what even if that works for real estate, like you're doing so much more than real estate because a smart last will player, as Z-Man, who wins most of the time when we play last will, he'll tell you you can only have one at most two real estate places in your tableau at last will at any time. But you're doing all these other things all of the time, right? You're, 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 when you have like a leftover action or two, you're taking your horse out on a date. <clears throat> your horse is fucking sea biscuit, so it's sexy, so you're gonna do it. <laughs> but so you're doing all these other actions that they have cards, right? It's the sure. white, it's the white event cards. You're doing those all the time to fill in everything else. So whether or not your real estate is thematic or not. The majority of the game is not. And right. I'm going to argue that the real estate is also not. But I, I can see that because you are ultimately just playing cards and putting top hats down where you want to put top hats down. It's 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 just yeah, exactly. It's just random cards. And if you can match the icons on them, then great, then you can give up more money. All right, so let's move on from that one. Um I can kind of at least come to that one. Although I, I still think the thing comes through on that enough that you that the game is so really enjoyable Dude, the theme is super enjoyable it's such a fun it's such a fun unique thing but i never feel like what i that the mechanics are matching that yeah okay i get that so for steamworks i know you got you talked about keyflower and i feel like keyflower isn't about making your opponents come to your buildings whereas this game is all about that oh that's cool and, and I, the haven't, game, I haven't played this one i just so I the just game is about a couple of things about it that made me make that connection so i like the, that the point of the game is to be the best inventor for, I believe, Queen Elizabeth. And you do that by making the best machines. And you get VP by getting other players to go to your machines to do those actions. Okay. And I think in that way, the game really excels because um, Z-Man, which, what, what did we play last week that he did that on? Oh, was it? We did, oh, Harbor. And Harbor, Harbor yeah. he bought two buildings that were really useful. So we had to go to them. But when you go to someone else's building, you have to give them something. Just like in Steamworks, he built two machines right away that he knew we all needed to advance. Mm. So we were constantly going to there, giving him VP in order to hopefully get more VP than him in the end. And that give and take, I think, is really cool. I think that comes through because it is about being able to have that foresight to see what's going to be super valuable. Because sometimes there's machines that are out there that are super sexy, but they not they might not be the most useful. 
there's like in any game, you need to build and you need to be able to build upon what you built. Mm-hmm. Those are the machines you really need to build. You don't need to build the crazy machine that's going to let you do all these other fancy things, like draw like legendary spells in Arjun or whatever it is. You you want machines quickly in the game that let you build more machines because that's how you're going to excel. Mm-hmm. And those are the, the, the places where people are going to not want to go but need to go. Okay, that sounds awesome. Cool, Steamworks, which well, I believe plays to five, so I mean we can play when you're here. So who who won who won Harbor? Zach by one point. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be surprised how much Z Man has won by one point recently. Yeah, seriously. Who won Who won that Steamworks game where he had those two buildings you guys needed? Again, Z Man by I think a handful of points. Uh, Maybe right, maybe right out of the gate, he's got he's got the right strategy. He's like, I just got to get those Argent, everybody he, wants. No, no. I, Argent, oh, I man, Bus steamrolled all of us in Argent. <sighs> the, 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 the best part was I was like, okay, I know I feel like I have a good standing. I know I will get like two of the extra ones. But I was like, I don't know any of the other ones if I will. And then he flip it over. I was like, okay, that's mine. <laughs> that one's fine. That's fine. The thing is, what Bus did, though, is is he had the most resources in general. I was yeah I I, I want to know that because that's kind of a thought that I have had in Argent and that is if you just do the best job to get the most general stuff I feel like no matter what gets flipped up you could but there are those handful that are like do you have the second most yeah which the one that had the second I most was like about I had, I think we had it was do you have the second most supporters? supporters yeah because yeah, I had the most supporters but mm-hmm. he had the second most so. That vote that I had was essentially nullified because he was so far ahead. That's super awesome. But that's a whole other game, which totally, totally marries mechanics that they really want. Um, anyways, <laughs> didn't see that on your list. I know. All right, so I think that's that about wraps it up. Uh, Bus, why don't you lead us out of here? You're here live, so you can do it now. All right. With no editing. With no editing. Oh man, I really want to screw this up. Yeah, man. go ahead. <laughs> this has been Drop the Dice. Thank you for listening. And we hope you come back.